Hi guys, um, welcome to our debut session of Conversations with a Therapist. And with me, Lawi Odera, we are hosting Madam, introduce yourself to the people. <laughs> My name is Jennifer Kay. I am a counseling psychologist, mm -hmm. licensed and registered with Kenya Counseling and Psychological Association of Kenya. Any doctor, Mwenyewe? So today we're just going to have a chat, just basically get to know stuff about mental health and mental illness and regard to just so that people know about it because I feel um, a lot of these things, especially in the African community, are swept under the rug. So hopefully you might be able to educate me and the users who are listening in order to be better prepared. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, very well, very much welcome. So maybe you can just take us through. When we hear about mental health, we just think madmen on the streets, we just think chained children in houses. What is men mental health, basically? Mental health, what uh, a good definition, a simple definition for everybody would be wellness, basically. Just being fully you and healthy completely when it comes to your mind. But then it can never be isolated to be just mental, mental health on its own because Health is um, is a combination of many things. You have to be well emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, financially. Mm -hmm. So mental health is not something in isolation. As you will find out with many other things, mental health does not happen in isolation. So as long as it does not happen in isolation, you can achieve mental health as long as you have all these other factors coming uh, around being at full, yeah, at full length, if mm -hmm. I may say. Like everything has to be, working properly for you to have optimal mental health but not obviously with life nothing will always be a hundred percent so sometimes you'll find sometimes you're financially unstable sometimes you are not feeling well physically so that will have will play a part in how well you are when it comes to your mental health so mental health is basically mental well-being mental well-being yeah so like the way people sometimes are like they face a lot of anxiety depression is that symptoms or is it like basically a slight definition of a miniature mental health issue or like how do we how do we ascribe mental health do we do you have to go to a doctor do you self prescribe um that that can be that can be looked at from different perspectives because um there are some things when you're self-aware when you're fully self-aware you're able to tell when you have an issue with your mental health, you will know. It's like when you when you're physically when you're physically hurt, like when you break your leg, you'll know that you've broken your leg because you know what a break a, a leg that is not broken looks like. So it's the same case with mental health. You can tell when there's a problem because your moods will start to fluctuate. You'll find yourself not being the ordinary you that we know. And then the issue will start to affect your daily life. So if maybe it's a depression issue, you'll find that maybe you're sleeping too much. And ordinarily you don't sleep that much or you're sleeping too little ordinarily you don't sleep that little <laughs> so it, it you will tell because there will be symptoms there will be things that feel off kind of if you're keen enough you will see them but if you can't people around you can tell mm. uh, if they care about you like people who will notice people you live with your friends they'll be like hey by the way um, to change there's she's not been like this in uh, we've never seen her like this before it's mm. so out of character but then of course we have to ensure that we don't self-diagnose because mm. That's why the professionals are there for yeah. you to go to them. If you if you feel like something is off, 
we should visit we should visit a professional mental health counselor don't um i think it's important to distinguish between mental health counselors as well as like um yeah. spiritual counselors <laughs> because spiritual counselors yeah. and and this uh, pastors, you know how pastors say we do counseling at church. Yeah. That is spiritual counseling, and that is very different from um, psychotherapy and all other forms of therapy because um, mm -hmm. most of these spiritual counselors are not trained psychologists. They are not trained therapists, and you cannot call yourself a therapist if mm -hmm. you've not been trained in it. Uh, so you can't just say I am a spiritual counselor, so I'm doing counseling. What you're doing is not counseling; it's something, yeah, exactly. but it is not professional counseling. So Jesus is not the only answer. <laughs> I. I you said it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So be be very be wary. Even when you go for like there are people who go for um, premarital counseling and yeah. they do it at church with a pastor, that is very different from premarital counseling with a counselor yeah, with a counselor. with a professional counselor who has been trained in premarital counseling. Uh, so you can't you can't call these people the same thing because they are not doing the same things. Uh, yeah. You mentioned something about not self ascribing yourself. Yes, yes. Um, the symptoms as well as the situation. Mm -hmm. There's people who go around saying I have ADHD because they want to excuse themselves from their attention or yeah. they have OCD just because they're neat freaks. What would you, how, how should somebody be able to understand aside from like how you say it, visiting an actual uh, accredited therapist? Mm -hmm. What would you advise to these people who self-ascribe, self-possess themselves? Um. It's important to realize that if you're calling yourself things, it's like going around and saying, "Me, I have cancer," but you've never been tested for cancer. Yeah. So I really want to know why would you why would you say something like that about yourself? Because right. if it's a mental illness, yeah. as we're calling it, it's an illness. Yeah. So you're saying you're sick. Why are you saying that if you're not? Yeah. Like it's not. If you if today you wake up and you realize, I might be feeling some type of way. Maybe maybe you malaria. You just go around saying, me, I have malaria, by the way. You people, Ebu, me, I have malaria. That is not something like to be proud of. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not saying you should be ashamed of mental illness. Do not get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying you should not ascribe to yourself that I have an OCD and now this is my badge of honor. Let me be celebrated for my OCD. No, you, you actually should get some help. Because and I it's feel, okay. I feel like by the time they claim it, they're, they're deriving from the title. By the time you say you're an OCD, you're taking... That privilege that and attention the actual people with the actual problems need or sometimes you're making it look less trivial than it is yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's that's exactly my whole point because if you go around saying that you have OCD then people who actually have OCD that has been diagnosed and they have it and they're dealing with it on a daily basis yeah. it's a burden that they carry sometimes you you're taking away the support that they require in a way they somehow you're, divert, you're diverting the support that they require towards yourself because you're crying wolf. So what happens the day you actually have OCD? Will we really know that you have OCD? What? How will we handle the entire? Can't you say you're already having a mental illness because you're you're taking up? You're already taking up. Diseases. You're already taking up diseases that are not <laughs> yeah, yours. So to yours take. Yeah. just needs to that's, be. That's actually a really good question. Yeah. That's actually to look, something to look what at. What are they called? Hypochondriacs. Yeah. <laughs> like why why are you ascribing this to yourself? Why would you want? To walk around telling people that you have a mental illness that you do not have. And why does that make you happy? Fair enough, fair enough for the demystification. Something else that people have an issue understanding. What's the difference between a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and just a regular therapist? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, um, especially in Kenya, because okay, not just in Kenya, but in Africa as a whole, um, psychology is still a developing profession. It was not, it was not initially 
as it is right now. We didn't have people who are trained in, this, in these things. So it came from the West as many things did. So we are still learning these things. So like in Kenya, um, psychiatry and psychology, those are two different things, first of all. So maybe we should start from the top, yeah. psychiatry and psychology. So psychiatrists are doctors. They have gone to med school. They have gone to the, the entire process of becoming a doctor. Then after becoming doctors, they now get specialized training in, um, in psychiatry. Yeah. So psychiatry is about the mind. And, and so these are the people who will uh, diagnose mental illness, they will give you medication, they will want to see how does medication react to your body, how does the medication they give you affect your liver, your kidneys, how does it affect your weight, things like that. Okay. So they are monitoring, it's like when you go to, to hospital, yeah. you'll find um, a, a pediatrician, so they, they studied medicine, yeah. then they specialized in children's yeah. medicine. Uh, so now a psychiatrist has studied medicine, then they have specialized in uh, the brain. And the mind, basically. Okay. So mind and brain, we're going to use interchangeably in a way. Um, so that's a psychiatrist. So they are MDs, mm -hmm. and some psychiatrists are not trained to be psychotherapists because that is their, their job is not talk therapy. Uh, their job is medication. To yeah. Figure out what's the problem. Give you medicine for it. Solution. Go take this medicine. Uh, okay. This is the one that will help you. Mm -hmm. um, psychologists, on the other hand, now are not MDs, so they are not people who have a medical background. So psychologists have, there are different, not different types of psychologists. These are post-studied psychology. So psychology is the study of the mind yeah. and how it affects behavior. So these are um, people who have studied psychology and they're using it in different professions. So you'll find there are clinical psychologists, there are counseling psychologists, there are forensic psychologists, you have health psychologists, yeah. post-psychologists. All these people have studied psychology, then they're specialized in something. Different. Okay. So like in my case, I am a counseling psychologist. So I've studied psychology, but I do counseling. Mm -hmm. So counseling and, and, and psychotherapy, sometimes I use interchangeably because they're somehow related. The differences are so minute that sometimes they're just used as one thing. So for example, a clinical psychologist is a psychologist who can prescribe medication in some places. So some, like when you look at in the States, there are clinical psychologists who are allowed to prescribe medication, yeah. like psychiatrists, but they're not psychiatrists, they're just <laughs> clinical psychologists. So they have done psychology, then they have been trained on how to prescribe medication like a psychiatrist. Like a psychiatrist. Yeah. And then in some places like in Kenya, they do prescribe medication because in Kenya we have not differentiated that much yet yeah. because the profession is still growing. Mm. So maybe in future we'll have places where um, a clinical psychologist does this one thing. So also in the training, like um, in the University of Nairobi, clinical psychologists study under the School of Medicine. They don't study under the School of uh, College of Humanities and Social Sciences. Uh, so that gives a difference. So you see, they, they lean a lot on medicine. So when it comes again to psychologists, uh, like a counseling psychologist like myself, I will do both long-term and short-term uh, therapy. So when it's short-term and directed at something towards something like addiction counseling, you can refer to it as counseling because it's dealing with one thing for a short period of time, give you skills to cope with this thing and help you overcome them mm -hmm. and move on. But therapy, and sometimes you hear it referred to as psychotherapy, is a bit long term. So it can even go for a year and it will be dealing with things, not just the things that, um, not just like something as addiction counseling on its own, because you see, addiction will not happen in isolation again. Yeah. It happens in conjunction with other things. Yeah. So um, the counselor, will um, the, the psychotherapist will work with you around other things that are affecting your addiction, the other things that are causing the addiction, so mm, that you can, you can deal with the them, solution. all of them at once. Ah. That's why it cannot be short-term. You yeah. cannot do short-term psychotherapy. So as a counseling psychologist, I do both therapy and counseling. Mm. I can do long-term, I can do short-term, depending on the client, depending on the issue. Yeah. Um, just from the top of my head, 
do I take myself to these uh, institutions or do I have to wait for my family to bundle me up and throw me there? Also, like, what are the, some of the stopgap measures from presenting somebody to from falsely accusing me of having a mental illness just so that they can grab my land. Like, <laughs> you know, because I've seen on movies, some people just take themselves there, then they check themselves out. But here, you normally see it's just people are bundled in together. Yeah. And then I think they give mm-hmm. you like 500 for bringing the person in. I'm not sure about that, but just, are there any like prerequisites to predetermine if I am actually mentally ill by the time I'm being submitted or just being taken to one of these institutions? So obviously, because um, when you get to the hospital, you can take yourself if you, if you feel like there's something wrong. It's like when you, you're feeling kind of sick and you just walk into a hospital, you can do that. <laughs> so some days I'm, so I'm just feeling <laughs> off and I'm just like... And you want to walk into a mental institution and yeah. ask if you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> then that, then that means, means you need to do a little bit more self-awareness yeah. and try to figure it out. But um, ordinarily when, when there's an issue, you, will, um, you, will, you, will, you can go to the hospital by yourself if you're mm-hmm. feeling... Like they, there might be something I'm, I'm, I'm feeling out of character of late. But I can take myself as long as I'm also over eighteen. Yeah? You're, you're doing what? If I'm over eighteen. I yes, yeah, over eighteen. Of course, you're an adult. You can, you can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you can take yourself if you're feeling some type of way that mm. makes you think I could have a mental illness. Mm. But also, when someone takes you, so a family member, and you're thinking they're taking you there because they want to grab your land. Mm. Ordinarily, there's a doctor there. You don't just walk in and get a bed and sleep there and say, I have come, and you're Mimi who you, Nyekeni. Yeah. You actually, um, you, 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 will be, you will be assessed when you walk in. Okay. They're going to, they, they're going to take history. It's called history taking. They're going to do history taking. They're going to look at the issues surrounding the reason why you're here today. Okay. So even if your, your family decides, this person, uh, we want to dump them in the mental, uh, in, the, in, in the hospital, mm-hmm. they can't just walk in and leave you there. Because there's someone who's going to take you in. Mm-hmm. And they're going to follow a procedure. There's a certain yeah. procedure to follow before you admit someone. Okay. So when they follow the procedure and they see there's nothing wrong with you, okay, maybe there's something, but it's not really a mental illness that requires you to be admitted. Yeah. They have no reason to, reason to admit you because they're not like celebrating that you're here. Tea. Oh my gosh, guy, we have a new one. Come in. We are happy to see. Not like that. It's a hospital. It's yeah. a disease. Yeah. Nobody's excited for anybody who's sick. So of course they won't admit you for no reason. Uh, and your family cannot just walk in and dump you there. And if they do, then I think we have a flow in the system. There's yeah. a glitch somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So we've talked about, yeah, the doctor going through the whole strategies and yeah. just figuring out what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. As a person myself, before I take myself there, is there any symptoms I should be able to look out for? Am I there mostly dependent on the doctor's assessment? Can I pick up on the issues beforehand? They, that comes with a level of self-awareness, as with many things. Just like we said, when you're physically sick, you will know there's something wrong with you because ordinarily you've known, you've known when you've been well what it felt like and when you've been, been unwell. So that comes, I think, with some level of self-awareness. So you will know when there's something off with you. You can pick on these things. Mm. So like I said, some things are very common, like uh, sleeping too much or sleeping too little. So you're having <laughs> Some of us sleep too much. Yes. It might be just work. Yeah, it could be just work. Exactly. That's the yeah. thing. Like you will know when it's out of character. Uh, if ordinarily you sleep 13 hours, aka me, uh-huh. and, and suddenly you're sleeping three hours or you're having disturbed sleep, then uh-huh. you're like, I 
kawaida I'm not like this. Then we'll try to check, is it because of work? What is going on in my life right now? Is work becoming too stressful? Is it my family? Am I having uh, challenges with my relationships currently? Is there somebody I'm in, in a conflict with? Mm. What is happening right now that could lead to this thing? So it requires you to actually ask you, yourself questions that ordinarily you don't want to face because sometimes you don't want to ask ourselves difficult questions. Mm. But you can pick on these things. So asleep, appetite, have you been eating too much or too little? Other than your kawaida, if ordinarily you eat this portion of food and suddenly you're eating too much or too little, then you're wondering, am I sick physically? Am I okay? Do I have, um, do I have a problem? Have I dewormed? Things like that. So there's always things you can pick on because you'll see they're out of character. And they will also affect your day-to-day -day activities. Mm. So you'll find that you're becoming suddenly too irritable and you're thinking, why am I just so angry at things that ordinarily didn't make me angry? Or you suddenly lose interest in things that ordinarily made you happy. You mm. you liked to do things and suddenly you don't even want to see anybody. You want to lock yourself in your house 24-7 mm. and not go to work and not mm. hang out with your friends and not eat, not yeah. shower. Yeah. And that is not kawaida because ordinarily you've been doing these things properly. So the things you can pick on because mm. they will be out of character. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also don't compare yourself with other people. Because <laughs> like we said, some people sleep more, others less. <laughs> so that does not mean that you have an issue. Now that yeah. you're actually on that, mm -hmm. um, it, it's bringing us, I wanted to bring it a bit of more relevance to yeah. our particular industry. Of course. Um, the music industry. Mm -hmm. This is a place that's very highly competitive yeah. and sometimes egos and personalities clash. Mm -hmm. We've seen some personalities cave under the pressures. Yeah. So like, for example, um, what might be some things that might be contributing to the artists in the industry feeling um, the mental pressures, sometimes fatigue, sometimes you've seen others come out mm -hmm. and talk about their depression. Um, Kid Cudi has slightly inflected on it, where he's talking about how sometimes he just wants to do music yeah. without the pressure of him having to trend, without mm -hmm. all the expectations, when's the next album coming yeah. out. What might you attribute as some of the reasons why artists specifically would be facing some symptoms of mental health illness to some point where some have actually gone ahead to self-harm. Yeah, that's, uh, it's actually... Yeah, it's um, called the Over 25 Club. It's notorious for artists never passing that age. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and it's really, um, it's sad and yeah. it's very, it's very hurtful. I think even to everybody involved, I mean, loss of life, this life is precious. Yeah. And, and people dying because of, in, 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 in relation to their craft, the thing that they actually wanted to do with every bit of their hearts. They wanted to create music or some kind of art. But then there were this many pressures. It's really, it's really sad. Yeah. So um, I think some of, the, some of the things that have been very common in this uh, issue of people, artists especially, getting into mental health issues, they're really things that people overlook. And they're, 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 funny enough, they're basic things that we overlook and we think that is not important. So for example, um, let's say relationships. Yeah. So think about an artist who, um, who's, who does not have any close friends yeah. because the people who are hanging around them, this artist, this artist will be thinking, these guys are just chilling with me because me, I have money and yeah. I'm famous. Yeah. So how do you even form a deep relationship, a deep, meaningful relationship with somebody who you think is with you only yeah. for the benefits of being with you. It's hard. It's really hard. You cannot form a relationship you like that. You feel alone. You feel alone. And then the other thing is, you can't even, uh, you, you can't, you don't even have the time 
to form meaningful relationships with people outside of your industry your sometimes yeah. or even your yeah entourage the people around you your your crew cameraman social media influencer the people who are working with you yeah. you don't have time to form relationships of that outside of that because you're thinking if let's say it's a guy and you meet a girl out there and you're thinking maybe this girl is only dating me because I am an artist. Am I fame? Exactly. Yeah. That is the only reason they're dating me. And it's not, it's not far-fetched for someone who is famous to think like that. Yeah. Because it has happened. They're human. <laughs> they're human. Of course, they're human. If even as common on ancient, we think some people date us because of money. Yeah. And we don't even have that much money. So, put so an artist in that. The, the exactly. Exactly. magnified. Yeah. So, um, you have to you have to think about the how how superficial most of their relationships are yeah. and then remember they have uh, there, there are people who are working with them maybe their managers and people like that you don't know if this person is actually with you because like they're going to be with you through, through the thing you know they're just there and you to don't know where they themselves. stand yeah they just they just want to make a name for themselves and you're the guinea pigs yeah. so how will you form a deep relationship with them and you remember um we we have to be we have to be very honest that human beings are social beings and we yeah. thrive in relationships and without deep meaningful relationships yeah. you will not have a happy life yeah. because loneliness is one of the biggest killers in the world right now loneliness is a sad thing it <laughs> is it is we have so <laughs> yeah like it's it's really sad when you can't you can't form deep meaningful relationships yeah. with people Okay. And then on top of that of course there are other issues the money is really tight yeah. like in the music industry you're not making that much money as you would ordinarily do because what you uh, envisioned by the first exactly. the time your track drops it's mm -hmm. supposed to make a mill then mm -hmm. it's now 5 years yes. it still hasn't gotten to 10k yes. yeah. exactly and and people are looking at you and they're thinking i <laughs> how do you not have money at your amsani that's why we find some faking it till they make it yeah exactly and that faking it till you make it that's a problem yeah. because if you're living in, in without without being authentic yeah. then how will you how will anyone ever be authentic with you if you yourself, yourself. are not authentic <laughs> and we're not saying this is your fault we are yeah. saying that this is how the system seems to be built yeah. but now it's up to you to, uh, to to it's up to us all of us actually as a society to try and understand how can you make these, these things better because this cannot continue to be the norm we we have we have a lot of work to do yeah. we have a lot of work to do we have to find a way to ensure that our worth is not measured by the things that we put out there because remember again the artist wants to make music so if they have to struggle to do 101 things to uh, for advertisers for them to get their money so for, for streaming music for the artists to be on tour so you to go and sign uh, deals where and talk to this other person and they're all over the place you will never thrive you're doing a bazillion things you're tired you're exhausted you're human mm. and you just wanted to make music maybe you just wanted to make art but mm. then the pressures are too many yeah. you're gonna crumble yeah yeah what about um for artists who again the music industry is fairly young in the kenyan system where before just uh, five years ago parents weren't considering music mm -hmm. as an actual avenue yeah so do you think some of them might be acting out acting back to the parents as i'm going to stick with this music yeah. even if it's depressing me even mm -hmm. if it's haunting me i'm mm -hmm. going to stick with it to show my parents that i need to so do you think like some are also trying to to match up to everything that they talked about and that might also bring depression later when they're still not meeting their own personal targets because they're trying to meet everyone else's targets of course of course and and that ties that actually that's a really good point and it ties to the fact that some of these musicians and i'm going to just use musicians basically mm -hmm. artists yeah. they they are chasing things that they don't know they are chasing mm. so 
you when you started music you did not have a vision mm-hmm. you just wanted to become amsani that i could make it yeah. kwa industry mm-hmm. you don't have a vision for your music so even when you're creating material you're writing you're doing you're, you're creating music just because artists artists seem to be liking this type of music let me write that kind of music At, uh, fans sorry fans seem to be enjoying mm-hmm. gengeton let me write gengeton you're not even a gengeton artist mm-hmm. and you don't even like gengeton like you don't even enjoy gengeton mm-hmm. you know and you're there struggling with your Uh, your your canairo things <laughs> you know like yeah. it's really difficult when you're trying to chase a dream that is not yours yeah. that is not the thing you want to do but you have to do it because you're trying to prove to everyone things why like again it go back to your it goes back to yourself yeah, why are you trying to prove things to people yeah. who don't even matter yeah. and people who don't even care honestly they don't even care Like when you when you get depressed who cares Nobody these cares. people will not care we'll move on to the next they will artist say, will you know you when you na pesa na alijaribu you know <laughs> that is exactly the what they will say yeah they will come they'll come back at you and they, will, they are going to hit you so hard mm. you'll be like wait see, I was making music for you guys mm. but then that's the thing you are making music for us guys so mm. does it mean if we say no we don't want the music we'll stop being an artist because mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it means you actually not even an artist in the beginning you are just doing things to impress us yeah. and you know humans we have a very fleeting uh, likes Suddenly one one day we will like this person next day we don't like this person. Exactly. So if you don't you if you don't have a vision for yourself, you don't have a vision for your music, you don't have a vision uh, a vision for your arts, you don't know what you're doing but you're doing it just because you want to make it and to prove to your parents that because they said you will not make it and now you have made it or you're trying to make it you're going to do whatever it takes. You're going to kill yourself by the way. Yeah. Imagine you will. So you need to ask yourself stunning. very serious questions. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So in What's around, the objective? So in a roundabout way your advice to any upcoming artist or any artist who is already currently going through this is first self awareness mm-hmm. self improvement mm-hmm. and then now focus on your own personal goals before work on your goals yeah. compete with yourself yeah, that is the person you should be competing with i know somebody may be seated there saying oh we live in industry where we and it's true i may not understand the industry because i'm not amsani but i know what humanity is Just and i know you're competing with yourself <laughs> on that basis of com- uh, competition yeah there's certain artists who go the extra extent mm-hmm. of just trying to wow <laughs> the audience yeah would you say and then they end up being termed as crazy mm-hmm. by some cross dressing some doing scandals just so as to keep up mm-hmm. i know yes that's good for trendability and talkability mm. but that does that also just slightly give us an insight into your personal mental well-being by the time you're doing things that are outside your comfort zone Five years ago if somebody had told you to do the same thing you won't but now that you've seen your other artist fellow artists doing the same thing and it's giving them talkability that you want to do it. Now you see that's the thing where you're chasing things that are not even aligned Still with your goal. That's the thing. Like we are chasing things because other people are doing them. Now we are we have decided even as we do them. So if people are cross dressing and they're getting talkability mm-hmm. then you also want to cross dress and to, uh, get talkability. Is talkability the thing you want? <laughs> no, if it's the thing you want, <laughs> by all means it. go dress cross dress by the way but if it's not the thing that you want if yeah. it's not the thing that aligns with your music goals if it's not the thing that aligns with your career yeah. if it's not the thing that you want with your life then you don't have to do it because at the end of the day remember you'll make arts and right now the world is so big mm-hmm. we have connectivity with everything and everyone the world is really really huge and you you with with whatever type of content you create you're going to get your market and remember i don't know if this is uh, i don't know if this is common with 
I don't know if people know about the 1,000 fans, mm-hmm. 1,000 true fans. Find your 1,000 true fans. Those are the only people that you need to make a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, just find your 1,000 true fans. And to find loyalists, they will keep That's coming it. and they yeah. will keep contributing. You will not need to cross-dress for them to like you. Imagine they will like you for the art that you produce. Because you know people who produce like music, you listen to you like, ah, you ni nini. But then you will find their fans. They're like, where? This is our music. This is what we actually like. And yeah. you will find your people. You just need to find your tribe. <laughs> On that topic of fans, <laughs> some might also have some mental health issues. Um, the fans. Just from the basic concept of the term stan, which was coined yeah, by yeah. Eminem, where yeah. he was talking about the extent this fan went ahead to go ahead and kill the wife and him himself just because a letter wasn't replied. What would you also advise to fans in terms of mental health? <laughs> like, don't treat this... Should they idolize this person to thing. that extent that I feel like we have related so much <laughs> I should be living next door to you? <laughs> yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But it's it's quite true. Um, people, fans, please stop idolizing uh, Wasani. They're human just like you. I promise you. Mm. No, I do. I promise. They're just as human as you are. They bleed red. That's how some artists end up getting stalkers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, these people don't think that they live in glamour. The, the glamour you see is yeah. only a snapshot. Yeah. Yeah, you will see glamour only as... you don't, Then again, you don't know what they have done, what they have had to do yeah. for them to get the things they have gotten. Just ask yourself, the person that you are... The, the person that you are... Um, the person you're idolizing. Ask yourself this one question. If... I had to trade my entire life, mm-hmm. entire life, mm-hmm. with everything in it from the day I was born, everything in it, everyone in it, every experience that I've gone through, every person I have met, everything that I have had in my entire life. If I had to trade my entire life mm-hmm. with their entire life, mm-hmm. would I take it? Definitely. I'd trade lives with would, Eminem. You probably wouldn't <laughs> because when you imagine the number of things, the number of things that he has had to do. The life he has had to live, you do not know everything. I've seen, I've seen his documentary exactly. and he ends up living in You've the You've just end. seen a documentary. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You've just seen a documentary. You've just seen things that you, they want you to... Remember this? The documentary wanted to sell. Yeah, they true. were not trying to make you actually feel happy and I want his life. No. They were trying to sell a documentary. Yeah. It's not... It was not... They have to... This is a business. Remember, this is a business. Okay. So you have to remember that... That life that you see, everything that you see, yeah. you have, that is just a tip of the iceberg. You do not know the things that these people have gone through. And not just them, even you, you yourself. Yeah. There are people who will not trade their lives with yours because they don't know the things you have gone through. True. And you will never really understand the battles that people battle with on a daily basis in their minds. You might see the outside world, the documentary, it shows the, thing, the life he has lived, the things he has done, but you don't know the world that is going on inside his head. You do mm-hmm. not know. You do not know the demons that plague him. Yeah. You will never know them because he will never show them to you. Okay. That is the one thing that you need to remember. Uh, yeah. So now that you've said something about um, just getting a bit, a taste of their lives, one person, the, the main people I'd like to ask with regard to their mental health mm-hmm. is the families. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. this, is, this is the person. Their, their life is out there for everyone else. Yeah. But what, do, what can we as the family do in order to at least tolerate some of this or just come to terms with it because that means you're also going to be dragged in the limelight in the good times and definitely in the bad times. times. Scandals will rock your family hard for years. What would you advise? I would say that families need to um, remember, uh, again, it starts with the artist. So you're an artist, you're out there. Remember, you do not stand alone. Nobody is an island. There's a family, a whole entire family that is behind you. And it's not just 
your immediate family, it's people, um, it's even your crew yeah. and their families. So anything you do has this um, ripple effect, effect yeah. domino effect. It's, it, it does not affect just one person. It always affects other people as well. So as an artist, you have to have a level of self-respect and respect for the people around you to help them feel that whatever you're doing is not just for you. You're not being selfish about it. Uh -huh. Because these people are the people who are going to suffer Support with you. you and, and, yeah. and things are thick. Exactly. exactly. And you've been left house so, repossessed. Exactly. Yeah. There's a level of self-respect and also respect for the people who are supporting you. And um and for the family, remember that you don't know you don't know you don't know what the um, you don't know you don't know the struggles that this person as an artist is going through and what they are supposed to do. So it's very important that as an artist, just keep doing your craft. Yeah. As a family, support the craft. And and support to the level that requires support. But then also be accountability partners. Be accountable to your to your to your team. Be accountable to the uh, to the art the artist himself. Uh, Make sure that we are working as a team, all of us. Team. Because we are all family in a way. So support each other. And when the time comes, get professional help. You're not alone in this fight. Would you ascribe to them to get at least an annual visit, especially these people with the limelight? Because sometimes the flashy lights, the loud screams from the fans, you don't have that time of sitting <laughs> aside and assessing your own mind. Mm -hmm. You're constantly plagued with sounds, noise, people, masses. Would you advise like something as uh, at least an annual sit with... The a therapist or a psychologist? I think annual is too long. Yeah. I would say like, <laughs> uh, before you okay, if annual is what you want to go for, you can go for. Yeah. But let's, ha let's start with ourselves. Yeah. Have an hour a day for yourself to sit in that silence, to sit in that boredom. The time you don't scroll your phone. Yeah. The time you don't read a book. Yeah. You don't listen to music. You don't watch a movie. You sit in total, utter silence and solitude. Because in this digital world right now, it's hard. I know it's hard. it's hard to get silence. It is, it is. But being hard does not mean impossible. Yeah. And we keep we keep saying it's hard as an excuse for not doing it. Yeah. So anything that is worth it is never easy. Yeah. And anybody who has done anything that is difficult in this life can tell you that it was never easy. You didn't just you didn't just find that silence. Yeah. But you have to find it. You have to fight for it by yourself. Every single day, an hour is not too long. You're giving it to everybody else anyway. Yeah. You're giving twenty three hours to people. So an hour to yourself should be... Give yourself an treasure. hour, just one hour. Treasure that one hour. And if you can, move that hour to one hour and five minutes tomorrow. Uh, and an hour and ten minutes the, the day after that. Week. Then next week, do an hour and thirty minutes. Okay. Find, that, find yourself a year from now, doing four hours of just solitude. And just being by yourself. To think, and not just to think actually, to sit in silence. Because you have forgotten silence and you have forgotten boredom. You know these days you can't get bored. Mm. There's something to watch on Netflix. <laughs> there's, there's Instagram to scroll. Twitter, there's Twitter, Twitter you can laugh and get in, 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 in very serious rabbit holes in Twitter. There's YouTube. You can read books. You can listen to audiobooks. There's people, there's places you can do a bazillion things. Yeah. So people have forgotten how to get bored. And in that bottom is where you actually get to meet yourself. Because in that silence, you get to listen to your own thoughts. Yeah. And which, then, right, which people are scared of. Of course, people are scared <laughs> of their own thoughts because you're, you're thinking, if, if I know the truth, you see, he's, it's the, called, I think it's called the curse of the truth. Yeah. Like when you know the truth, you can never go back to not knowing the truth. Yeah. And people are afraid of that. Yeah. Because you know, 
when you're sitting in that silence, you're going to meet a part of you that you are scared of. But you don't want to because you've seen on YouTube you have a few likes. Yes, and you see these things can be bought. You see even likes, like, you see, your friends, your fellow artists can buy likes on this platform. They can buy followers and bots. So you, it's really a competition. You're never putting win. your life on the line. You will never win this competition. If it's likes, people can buy likes. Yeah. People can, can open multiple accounts and like the video 10 times. Yeah. So you will never win in this competition. It's first liking yourself yeah. and being at peace with yourself. Find, find that time. Find solitude. Like yeah. people actually on a very, very serious note, and this is not just for the artists. This is for it's everyone who's listening. Yeah. Find solitude. Look for solitude. Just do it. Imagine. Okay. I don't, I, I can't overemphasize. What's your name? Yeah, that's fair enough. So, thank you guys once again. Um, on the next issue, we'll just have a look at some of the mental health uh, issues that are just general. So, that's to, so as to just better get, understand the issues that are currently facing, we'll try at least relate it to some, some cases that we know of. And then just try and help everyone, just get a better understanding of how everything is. Thank you very much, Jennifer, for joining us. Hopefully we have you on again the next time so that you come teach me about mental health so that we just don't call somebody crazy without really understanding what the term is. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And see you next time. Keep it on Boomplay. Conversations with a therapist. Stay tuned for more.